Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. We'll just start. Okay. You don't want me to sing or anything for the intro? <laughs> Could you do that? I just yeah. just improv a completely new theme. I would love da, that. Da, da, John Pedro, yeah. <laughs> We're using it. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, okay. Um, all right, let's start this show here right now. Welcome everyone to right. the uh, Mobile Home Investing Lessons podcast. This is episode number thirty-one, and uh, I'm laughing here as me and Drew are talking. Um, Drew, are you on the microphone still? I'm here. You're here. We're ready to do this. We are talking about a first things first. Thank you for being on the on on this um, hopping on. Yeah, and, thanks, for, thanks for asking. Yeah. yeah, just being giving candid advice, candid thoughts, candid good and bad stuff about mobile homes. We're talking today. I asked you for the topic of this show to think of two different deals on like the spectrum of one that was scary and then one that mm -hmm. made you particularly happy. For some reason, yes, and uh, yes, and I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to get with that, or what kind of answer that, what deals these <laughs> are. But I'm excited yeah. to uh, to hear about them. Before we go into those deals, just so uh, like a quick kind of rundown of who you are. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you're in the Nebraska area. Did you have uh, any real estate experience prior to getting started with mobiles? I had no real estate experience. No. What was um, always always interested in it, but yeah. What was something, if you remember back, that you were fearful about when you first got started about this business? Um, I think <laughs> everything. You know, um, the you know you you just worry about. I think uh, protective of your own money, and so you get fearful that you're going to blow your family's money, and um, and then just you know I, you know it's just fear of the unknown. You don't. You don't know what you don't know, and, and you can make everything scary in your head um, because you don't know anything about it. And so, yeah, for me, it's like um, just trying to get into the game was just a whole big bundle of probably fear. And um, I, I had thought about real estate for years and never done anything with it because I kind of let that hold me back. So You're the only one that that's ever happened to. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Well, I've talked to a lot of people. <laughs> no one else has that ever happened to. If they procrastinate. Yeah. Um, the anxiety of the paralysis of analysis. Yeah. Um, so all of your deals so far, all of the mobile homes since you got started, all of them have been profitable. Are there? Yeah. Yeah. They've all done well. Yeah. What percentage would you say are sold on cash versus payments when you sell them? Yeah, I've I've actually sold two on payments and then four on cash, and that's probably more to do with the fact that I had kind of limited cash flow to start. So my kind of um, when you and I chatted, the initial plan was kind of to build up some more capital by selling for cash. So I probably could have sold a few more for for on payments, um, but that's kind of been the strategy, just kind of build up more capital initially. So nothing wrong with that. Do you notice that it's easier to yeah. sell two bedrooms for cash or three bedrooms for cash, or that doesn't matter so much? I've noticed double wides. Uh, yeah, three bedroom double wide definitely sell for cash pretty quick. Um, and yeah, actually, three bedrooms in general, at least in this area, have sold much quicker than um, a two bedroom for cash. 
Uh, are you mainly buying from the parks themselves, the owner occupants, banks, something else? Uh, five out of six were just owner occupant, and then um, one deal was from the park, and it it worked out. But I probably um, I I bid at that one when I was still trying to get my first deal, and looking back, I'm like, I probably could have uh, offered a little lower. But so I've only bought one from a park. Do you have a good relationships with with all of these? I assume that these are all in different parks. Or do you have good relationships with all these managers? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the the you know it's kind of I mean the parks I've worked in I have good relationships with the managers, and then there's other parks where I'm like I still don't think they know who I am well enough yet, so I kind of am still doing the thing where I come back and check in and say hello. Um, but yeah, I've had a real good working relationship. I think one of the, um, pieces of advice that you give, um, in your modules and then just kind of, you mentioned it a few times. is like whenever you're going to buy a home in the park, it's just, um, kind of showing the manager some respect of like, you know, what do you want done to the property if I buy this home? And even just being upfront that, Hey, I just met with this person. I'm thinking about buying it. Um, if I bought it, what would you like done to it? And to me, that seems to be um, kind of a good icebreaker, even though if you've already met them before, um, it kind of shows them that, Hey, I respect you. Um, I'll do, I'm going to try to make you happy. And so, um, I've had no issues and, and sometimes I've, you know, I'll even say like, Oh, this handyman <laughs> isn't working out for me. Do you have any that you would advise or that you suggest? Um, so yeah, I've, so far, um, you know, knock on wood, all my relationships have been really solid with those parts. That does seem like, yeah. um, I mean, park managers are a spectrum of people, and sometimes you get people that are just yeah. greedy and selfish, and other times you get them that are, they're just, I guess the opposite of that would be just, they think about the community, they think about others first, um, and you're just getting park yeah. managers that are down to earth, they want someone that they can trust, which is you, they want somebody that follows the rules, um, and you're not just thinking about your money. You're thinking, Hey, how can I make this outside look, look better? Do, do any of the managers ask you, do they want to see the inside repairs as well? You know, one park, uh, was very curious about like the inside, but, um, the rest of them, no, they, they don't, uh, they have not like bothered. They mostly care about the exterior. Okay. Um, but yeah, one, one park, actually, they were a little too, I thought a little too nosy about what was going on inside the, the home and wanting to see it. Um, but no, in general, they usually just say, you know, make this look good on the outside, take down this fence, paint that and so forth. Excellent. Um, that's been, that's awesome. Thank you, Drew. Um, the, yeah. let's get into these stories. Cause I, um, have a feeling that we're going to talk for a minute. Um, let's talk about these. Feel free to talk <laughs> about the, the scary one or the, uh, the one that made you particularly okay. happy. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm eager to hear what what I what we, yeah. what we hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So when you asked me what uh, was maybe one of my my scariest deals um, for any of the new people out there, I would definitely say that all of them are scary <laughs> at first. Um, <laughs> and because you just, I mean, you you can do the modules and and study the material, but once you get out there, it's like, okay, this is real. And then once you close your first one, that's probably the scariest moment for me when I bought the first one. Um, and then it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing this. Uh, I really hope John, you know, knows what he's talking about and, <laughs> and that the system works. But um, so, yeah, you kind of – but anyway, so it's all – for me, I mean, it, 
probably the first four were in general just scary. Um, but I, I tried to choose narrow down to one, and um, it was probably my second deal. Uh, I bought it in a park about an hour from me, and I bought it. You know, it was a double wide, a three two, and the guy um, had been supposedly fixing it up for years, but it's tough to tell what exactly he ever fixed. Uh, he kind of caused more problems in that home than anything. And uh, and his brother basically convinced him to sell it. It was like, you know, hey, you, you're just losing money on this. You're not making, you don't even know what you're doing on the repairs. And uh, and I remember, too, he even tried to hide, like, there was this one uh, couch pushed up against the wall very awkwardly. And I, and I moved the, the couch and was like, oh, that's mold. He's trying to cover up back there. Um, you know, and it's like, um, so that'd probably be a good little tip is, you know, move furniture around if you can, um, especially when there's no furniture in the room and it's the only couch pressed up against the wall. But, um, but yeah, so that one, so I bought it. I, um, I actually didn't think I, they were going to sell it to me. Um, uh, I bought it for $500 and, uh, um, you know, they were, they were wanting, I think just like six or seven and, um, they, they seemed kind of, you know, shocked when I said 500, I tried to prepare them and and did the kind of the talk that we do and was very kind about it, told them to think about it. And, um, they called me back that night and took it. So, um, I was like, man, I probably could have got it for free, but, <laughs> um, so, but anyway, so it was, but it was one of those where, uh, I knew it was going to need repairs. And one of the things that you, you had kind of encouraged me to, to do it because I hadn't really worked with handymen yet. Um, the first home I did, I, um, I sold for cash fairly quickly and didn't really end up doing much to it. And so you're like, you're going to learn a lot from working with handymen. And I think I ended up using um, four different handymen on that home. Um, because So that was a real big learning experience there. Um, the scary parts were a lot to do with handymen. Um, the first one I hired just did a terrible job. Um, you know, I took an hour out of my day, well, more than an hour, an hour to drive there to see his work because he had confirmed with me over the phone that he was done. Um, I double checked. Yeah, he was, you know, I said he was done. I get there. Um, he was nowhere close to being done. And I'm not a very uh, confrontational person. And so that was my first time having to be like, you know, uh, holding someone kind of accountable that I don't know and being like, you know, I, so I brought the, I brought the checklist of repairs that we had got, that we had made together and went through them and was like, well, this isn't done. This isn't done. And so, you know, I kind of tell him like, I can't pay you today. You haven't finished your work. And, uh, so then he, I gave him, you know, a few more days, extended it, which, um, there was a, a fee for being late. And so he, I did charge him that fee and, uh, he ended up, you know, w he ended up finishing the work and, uh, because of my daughter's birthday, I actually couldn't meet him at the house to review it. But I was at the point where I was like, um, and I had checked with you for advice and we were both were like, let's just pay him, be done with him and find another guy. And so um, I luckily met him in a parking lot at a grocery store to pay him. Um, and so this, so when you said, said scary, this is what came to my mind. It's not maybe what you're thinking. Um, but he was very, uh, very aggressive in the parking lot when I paid him. He wanted more money than we had agreed to, um, was trying to change the terms of our deal right there on the spot. Um, and I was actually, I thought it was going to be a quick, you know, payment. Here's a check. And I wrote the check out beforehand, um, had the contract with me. And so I was very prepared for the meeting and I was going to leave and go to my daughter's birthday party from there. And, uh, and so he was, you know, he, he gives me this whole list of things of how he, 
you know, gas mileage cost him this. He, he slept in the home. He bought a mattress and, um, and I, you know, he wanted me to pay for the mattress and all this other stuff that, that he was kind of throwing on there. And, he, and then he asked me, so what are you going to do about it? And I said, uh, well, I'm going to pay you the agreed upon price, um, that we already had discussed before all this when we, when we first made the arrangement that's in the contract here. And he was, you know, oh, that's unacceptable. I can't take this. And, and, you know, got very, very visibly upset and, and then even, you know, stated out loud, like, I am so upset. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, I, so my background, I didn't say this, but, um, I'm a nurse and I worked as a charge nurse. So I have some, some experience with de-escalating situations with upset families, uh, worked in pediatrics. And so, uh, this definitely helped in that situation. And he, cause he was kind of aggressive, kind of stepped toward me. And then he even asked me how much money I had on me. And, uh, and so, um, the part I forgot is my son, my one-year-old son was in the back seat of the car and, and I, and so, um, I don't know if this is the story you're looking for, John, but this yeah. is the scary story for me. And so I, I said, I said, uh, um, to him, you know, are you really asking me that in front of my son here in the car? And I and, and he's like, well, I just want to know what you're going to do about this. And this isn't fair. I'm losing money on this deal. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry. You're still losing money. I, you bid the job out. I made, and I, we discussed, make sure you, you know, bid it correctly. And, uh, I said, and you, this is, this was your bid. You said you could do. And, uh, and he even wanted to throw in, you know, like materials into his bid and all this stuff. And he made it a low bid. Um, and so I basically, so I gave him an ultimatum and just said, you know, uh, well, you can either take the check or I'm going to leave, uh, and you won't have a check. And so he took the check, very upset, grabbed it on my hands and, and, you know, said that wasn't the last I was going to hear from him. And, uh, so, <laughs> um, and so at that point I had paid him quite a few thousand dollars there. I think it was around 3000. Um, and he, and the work was just horrible. Um, so I don't know there's more. I don't know if you want me to take a breather after that, but <laughs> that's just, um, I mean, one handyman, the, the initial time that you met him. And I remember us talking about that and at the, the parking lot and yeah, I mean the, when you first met the per, the guy, it was all roses and happy and he can do it and it's going to be just this much. And I know what I'm doing yeah. and I'm so confident and made you mm -hmm. feel good. You agreed to it. He signed everything. Um, how long between, you starting the contract with him and then you ending up just giving him that final amount and him leaving. Was that, I think I gave him, I think it was initially he had like two weeks to finish it. Um, and then I think, and even that I, I thought his, for what the work he needed to be done, I thought it was a pretty, and I think he, I actually, I'm remembering correctly now. So he, he wanted to give himself like seven to 10 days and thought, and I said, well, let's do two weeks, you know, cause I didn't think he could get it done in that time. And, uh, cause it was, and cause even when you and I chatted, it was like, that's really aggressive. I don't think he can get all that done. And I gave him two weeks and he still needed two and a half. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, do it right. Yeah. Um, that's something I've seen when people no. overthink <laughs> that they can get it done way quicker. Um, they're either lying to you. They're lying to themselves. They're just trying to get you to sign something and then they're going to pad and inflate the, the, the contract later. Uh, this guy just. I mean, and he's still doing it. He's still doing it to somebody else right now. Shoddy work. Um, yep. Did he have any references? Yeah, so that's the part I left out. Is He actually had three references. I called them all, um, you know, did my due diligence. And uh, one of them was a park owner right. in a little park in Iowa. 
and he had nothing but great things to say. And I forgot this part of the story until he just asked it, but I actually, that part called me and asked me to come. It was an hour and a half away and come look at their homes. These guys had just bought the park and saw my ad on Craigslist um, that I buy homes. And so I went out and the, their park manager shows me around and, um, and she, and I see uh, one of the homes cause I also asked for pictures from, from the handyman. And so he had shown me pictures of his work. And so I recognized one of the homes from the, the pictures he showed me. And I said, um, so she was showing me about four homes that day. And I said, can I, can I take a look at that home there? Um, cause I said, uh, you know, a guy I'm working with repaired that and I, I wouldn't mind seeing his work cause he's not, he's just getting started for me only like a weekend or something. And, uh, and so she's like, yeah, okay. And, and when I told her that the guy that was working with me, she kind of made this look, this look on her face. And I said, um, I was like, what, you know, what was that about? I said, do you mind, you know, give me more information? I, I don't remember exactly how I asked her, but I kind of subtly asked her, like, did it not go well working with him? And so, yeah, I went in that home and discovered his carpet work was terrible. Um, he had painted this maroon and it ended up on the, the carpet, like the kind of gray carpet all over the place. And so, um, I called you and then you mentioned that I should probably call him and tell him like, Hey, I saw your work. If it's going to be like this, you know, I want to just make sure we're expecting a higher standard. And, uh, and I mean, we said it in a nice way. And so I went ahead and did that and he was like, Oh no, let me, let me stop you. Drew. I, I, uh, I hired someone else to do the carpet on that one. That wasn't me. And I had someone else working with me, but, uh, it, that was obviously a lie because the carpet looked exactly the same when I went to my home uh, a few weeks later. So long way to answer. Yeah. He, he had references too, <laughs> which surprised me. I re Thank you for that. That's, that is a good part of the story as well, that you were told one thing by a park owner that probably just didn't know. Maybe yeah. he saw limited pictures and just, unless that owner was trying to lie to you, which doesn't make sense. Um, no, yeah. It, yeah, that owner didn't live in that town. He lived far away, so I think he saw pictures and thought he did good. And he sold one of his homes. So he said, well, I sold one of the homes of your parents, and that did good enough. I regret that that happened like that, especially on the first guy for your second mobile home that you're using someone. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. but we do deal with that. I mean, not always that, but human oh, yeah. beings and handy right, folks. Right, not that, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, Great job yeah. handling that and just de-escalating the situation. Moving on, when you did move on to the to the next handy yeah. person, you went through four people. Did you have yeah. backups every time, or was it like you're starting from the beginning looking for a handyman each time that you? Um, I had yeah, I had backups. Um, I had the first time I showed um, that I ended up selling for cash pretty quick. I ran quite a few handymen through there, um, but this was in a you know in Lincoln, which is an hour from Omaha. And so not everybody was willing to go to Lincoln. Um, so I had a couple backups that I liked. Um, and so I ended up kind of basically, you know, almost pitting them against each other. Hey, you're going to fix this. You're going to fix this and see how they did. And one guy showed his true colors and, you know, never. Uh, and that was the one time I paid somebody just a little bit up front and he didn't show up and do anything. Or he kept, he kept showing up and talking to people and not doing things and then eventually stopped showing up. Um, so, um, but, and then the other guys did pretty decent work and then I had a guy come in late and he kind of saved my bacon because there was, um, quite a few electrical issues that didn't really realize were going on. And he, um, he kind of took care of those for me. Um, but then even he, a few deals later flaked out on me. He was good for one to two deals. And then the third one was just 
too much for him apparently and so he and i haven't worked together since then either <laughs> out of curiosity and i want to come back to this deal but do you 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 have a current handyman that you've yeah that you've been using now handy person not really um if, it depends on where i am so if i'm in um so omaha is close to iowa um council bluffs and so if if uh, there's a nice a good um mobile home handyman guy that runs his business his own business and he's a little bit more expensive but so but if i am in council bluffs area that's about all he works in i have asked him to do just some small things for me he's he's getting older so he doesn't like to do anything on the floor anything ground but he does a good job he's quick he does it right away so he's the only reliable person i've found um i've kind of started um you know maybe i'm, I'm trying to i guess buy homes that, you know I can't, it can't always work out this way, but they have less repairs that I can just kind of sell the handyman special without having to work <laughs> with handyman as much. But I know that's not always realistic. <laughs> um, so I, uh, yeah, I, my last deal I did, I got lucky and didn't have to work with a handyman at all, which was kind of, um, really nice. <laughs> but no, I, to answer your question, I, I'm still looking. It's an ongoing process. I mean, I'm still looking as well. I mean, I have folks yeah. that I can rely on and trust, but I am still looking for folks that also want to make extra money or what do you do? What are you good at? Um, yeah, to mm -hmm. keep an ear out and to let people know what I do, you know, that I'm looking at mobile homes and call me if you see anything for sale. So it kind of goes both ways, you know, finding out what people do, letting them know what I do. Yeah. Going back to that scary yeah. home is oh, now... Yeah. I'm yeah. curious about the numbers that you had into it. And then when you sold it, sure. what was that a cash one? Was that a payment one? And how, how did that look? Yeah. So that one, um, like I said, I, I, I pretty much ended up by the end of it overpaying for repairs because I ended up, you know, hiring different guys. And, and even though the guy did, it, it was, his cheap work was still a blessing in disguise, even though it wasn't good. I could just sell it as, um, you know, still sell it as a handyman special and, you know, pass it off as, yeah, the last guy that was in here didn't do a good job, you know? And, um, and so, uh, and there's still a little bit more that was scary. The other part that's scary about it for me was I started with limited capital. And so it was the, the price of the home was, you know, going higher and higher. And I had already, was getting more calls for other homes that I was like, Oh, these are, you know, good homes I'd like to be able to buy. And, um, and so, you know, one trick, I don't know, I could throw this out there for people that I did, um, initially cause I had, you know, I think I started with around 8,000, um, is I would put any kind of materials on a credit card until I was got to the point where I had enough cash flow to pay that off. Um, you know, I was good with credit cards, so I wasn't worried about it. Um, and so that kind of gave me some, a little bit of wiggle room, but so I, um, I started getting scared because the, the prices were going up and I was like, man, I'm, you know, <laughs> I hope I sell this. I got to pay lot rent, you know, yada, yada. And so um, I ended up being into the home for about 7,500 and I bought it for 500 and that was, uh, so I ended up basically putting 7,000 uh, into that, including, you know, that includes all the lot rent and everything. Um, and then I, uh, I sold it all cash for uh, $15,000 and these people that, their fam they lived in the park, um, saw my, I had one of those, we buy homes signs in the window. And then I had it obviously for sale sign up. And, um, and so they saw that and it was kind of a, the home was well positioned in the park. You could see it when you drove through. And so this Hispanic family came in and, um, they offered me 15 or they offered me, I think 14,000 and we ended up doing, uh, 15,000. 
And this is, you know, kind of part three of the scary part, if you don't mind me telling this part as well. Um, but it's, uh, so the, so when I, when I sold it to them, I walked, I actually walked them through it. Uh, we met at the house three different times. I walked them through it the first time I showed up, um, for them to, to close and they didn't have all the money. And so they gave me most of the cash down and then, but we didn't, you know, we, I, I kind of created, I called you, um, and, uh, on the spot kind of created like a little, you know, down payment form that we both signed. And, um, and then met, and I walked them through any repairs that we had done in the meantime. And then I met them again the third time and, um, showed them the home one last time, just walked them through and, and they were very sweet and they had mentioned they weren't handy. So I just kind of, I really pointed out all the issues with the home that I knew about. Cause I was kind of, my second deal, I wasn't trying to rip anybody off or sell anybody a lemon. And so I was kind of, you know, probably to a detriment pointing out all the issues. And so I sold to them 15,000 cash and I had them sign the as is agreement that, um, that you have in the, the modules. And then, um, a few days later I got a call from them and they were very upset. Um, and they basically were like implying that I ripped them off and that the home was way worse than I ever described. And, uh, and then some, some handyman got on the phone and kind of started reaming me and, and telling me uh, that this wasn't the last they were going to hear from me and basically threatening some kind of lawsuit. And they wanted to know what I was going to do about it. And, uh, and so, you know, I was kind of freaking out because they called me late in the evening and I, um, I had called you as well to seek your counsel. And then uh, um, a few, so basically, you know, we chat, I chatted with them, I think maybe two more times, which is probably more than I should have. And the last time I kind of had to be firm and say, look, I, I walked you through everything and I reviewed our whole relationship and said, you sign an as is agreement. You know, I'm sorry, it's not what you were expecting, but there's nothing I can do. And this needs to be the end of our, um, discussing this, this building. Cause you know, my, I, my hands are basically tied. And, um, and so that was kind of freaky for a few days because I thought they were going to sue me and I felt terrible and I wasn't trying to rip anyone off. And it, and, I know I've been long here, but the, what ended up, you know, happening is they, they ripped out a built-in and it created a hole in the floor and they were upset. And I had told them this is built into the, into the mobile home. Don't pull it out of here. And they, they went ahead and pulled it out anyway. And so when there's this hole in the floor and they were saying the floor's rotted. And so it was a hole that, so that was uh, I was glad to be done with that. I was glad I sold it cash. <laughs> so that's right. I remember you sending you sending over that picture that they yeah completely there was a big hole in the floor that obviously wasn't there before. Yeah. And then they were upset that there was a hole in the floor. Right. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, the, the folks listening to us right now uh, on this podcast, it, you know, if they're still there, they're like, and you're on your second deal, you got threatened <laughs> twice. What are you gonna I might do? have scared them away from you. Sorry. I'm starting to be sued. Yeah. This isn't gonna end, or this is not gonna uh, just blow over. Oh right yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously, yeah. it did, and you did sell the home correctly, and you did sell, and yeah, and you did you you disclosed everything like you should have. Um, yeah, I, and I even had an email that I sent them of here's the list of repairs we know of. You know, I would say we, and. Uh, and so that I even had that documentation. And I do want to say just kind of, you know, you, John didn't ask me to say this, but shout out to you because um, I had a friend that was a lawyer even look over my ads agreement because I was kind of nervous. And, you know, he's like, that's pretty, you know, pretty solid. And that's, you know, something that you just provide in the module that um, if I was doing this on my own without you, 
you know, I'm not sure I would have even thought to have an as-is agreement. Probably wouldn't be as good. Um, so even that, like, just, you know, if anybody's on the fence about even stuff like that is just so invaluable, like having the access to just a simple as-is agreement that, you know, protected me in that situation. So um, once I knew that, I felt a lot more peace about the whole thing. Good. But, you were, I mean, for those, we're just talking about it right now, and it's, you know, like, in five seconds you say yeah i was confronted and then it went away and but it's like like you were stressed out for those for days afterwards what's going to happen yeah. am i looking over my shoulder was, yeah. am i getting a like what's so yeah i mean that changes you that gives you thicker skin yeah. that gives you different perspective and and i guess <laughs> i guess we should say it goes without saying but you're obviously still investing so it didn't you know it wasn't too scary <laughs> yeah yeah it didn't scare me away yeah <laughs> uh, um, yeah. And when I look back, it was like, I, I really, I know myself and I had no intention of ripping anyone off. I, um, I didn't get in this to be some kind of slumlord like people try to tell you if you do mobile homes. And, uh, and so my heart was in a good place. I did, I tried to show them all, all the repairs because I knew that they weren't handy. So I wanted them to know what they were getting into. And so I, you know, that's what kind of finally gave me some peace about it was like, you know, I was, I didn't do anything wrong. Um, I, I walked them through this home and did all the, all the things on my end correctly. So I just kind of uh, let it go after that. And yeah, nothing came of it. But in the time I was, yeah, quite scared. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that. Seriously. Thank you for sharing that a lot. Um, yeah. The, so that was your happy story. No, okay. That was the, the, the scary story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, was my, that was the best story I've had. So They're all far. downhill from the rest there. Have been terrible. <laughs> yeah. What was the, what was the story where somebody didn't, threatened to beat you up <laughs> i don't have any of those stories um all of them end that way so uh, you might need to find someone else to do a podcast with um no uh so deals my my fifth and sixth deals were definitely my happiest uh best you know deals in terms of ended well sold to someone that was really you know grateful and thankful for um kind of what you mentioned the opportunity for the home um i would say my sixth home was my happiest, you know, if we're answering that question, uh, because it, it was just a lot of different things. Like, so I had looked at the home in June, um, or no, actually, you know, I hadn't even looked at the home. I called this lady about the, this home in June, um, when I drove through this park and i had kind of wanted to be in this park. Um, and she was, um, at the time I didn't know it, but overplaying her hand and saying, you know, she didn't need the money. She might even, you know, just give it away to a, a homeless person, and uh, and she was wanting, you know, I think it was sixteen thousand for it, and uh, I mentioned the price, you know, the price range that I might be in for that area and that kind of a home, and uh, and so she wasn't, you know, really interested in even having me out at that point, and I said, okay, that's all right, you know, um, do you mind if I check in and see, you know, I just like to know even just numbers sometimes of what how, you know, if you sold the home and. And then I did, I always try to do the thing that you talk about where, you know, you just tell them good luck with selling. I hope you get, you know, exactly what you're looking for. And, um, and so it ended well. And so, um, I use, I don't know, um, the program HubSpot when I make a call. And so I put a, you know, put the person's info in and then it reminds me to call them, you know, in a month or two or whenever I do it. And so I, I actually, um, followed up with her probably a month and a half to two months later, which is longer than I had planned, but I had nothing going on at the time. I thought I'll call her. And, uh, and so by then her, um, her price had, you know, gone down quite a bit. I think she was closer to maybe 8,000, 7,000. And she told me, you know, um, make me an offer, but we couldn't ever, 
she was kind of, she wasn't living in the home, so we kept not connecting. I kept trying to go see the home and not connecting, and um, I could tell she was still wasn't ready to sell it. And so basically, it was one of those where it was kind of a long play, and I ended up, you know, I first called about it in June, but because I kept, you know, checking in here and there, um, and she would even sometimes text me, and I, and uh, I bought it in November, and this is the most I've paid for a home, but I ended up paying twenty two hundred because it was um, it was a single wide, and it was my first. Um, two bedroom and one bath. Um, and so, uh, you know, I was kind of worried I was overpaying for it, but it had needed zero repairs. It was like a 1998 and, uh, and it was ready to go. It was basically, I just needed to put the for sale sign in. Um, and even she left, she wanted to leave some things and she had already moved out. And that was one of her stipulations, which I kind of hate. Um, but she was like, I'm not moving any of these things. And so, but it does help me because then I just lower the price, you know, a few hundred when she told me that. Um, and so that's fine, but, you know, we'd have to lower the price. And so I bought it for $2,200, um, and I didn't do any work to it uh, whatsoever, no repairs. Um, and I ended up selling it for all cash for 11500 just about a month later. Um, and so it was uh, that was probably one of my favorite deals because I didn't have to deal with anybody else but myself and selling the home. And even the first day I put the for sale sign up, I had two people in the neighborhood come and ask me about it and take a tour. And so it was probably one of my easier ones to sell. And I probably could have sold on payments, but I sold for cash, like I mentioned, because I'm still trying to build up my kind of um, cash flow. So that one was fun. Oh, great <laughs> job with that one. That is, I mean, you're going through the motions. It sounds like it took over a month mm -hmm. to cl I mean, before by the time that you first met her, you're chit-chatting with her, you're talking with her, you're following mm -hmm. up occasionally. How many hours do you think you had into the deal? Actually, total, like from start to finish, since you sold it for cash, how many hours do you think that you had invested into that into that deal? Mm, um, just for like from talking to the lady and selling the yeah, home. Yeah, selling the home, taking some calls, paperwork. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, tough to guess, but I like, so for phone calls with her, I mean, I would say it was under, we probably talked an hour and a half, maybe max all that time. And then for selling the home, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot because I did most of my work through Facebook. I tried to hold an open house just to see how that would go. Um, so I don't know, I'm probably guesstimating anywhere from 12 to 15 on that one. And that, you know, that could be overdoing it. <laughs> so it, that one was you know, not bad at all. It just kind of, and I don't live far from it, so it was fairly easy to take care of. And it, uh, what was so? What was the so? The question I have for you: What was the magic that yeah. you did? I think this is the obvious question. She was trying to sell a nice two-bedroom, one-bath home for originally mm -hmm. sixteen thousand. Then it went down to seven or eight thousand. You buy the home mm -hmm. for twenty-two hundred. Don't do anything to it, and you put it on the market. Mm -hmm. And you and you sell it quickly. What's the magic? I mean, normally, yeah, yeah. What magic did you do? And I know it's not magic, but what magic did you do to you sure. know, allow you to sell that home? Or what was what was different? Yeah, I think it's uh, you know marketing. Like she only had um, a sign on the street, and then you know she was flaky too. So she would you know um, say she wanted this price, change it, um, or she, and then she also had this idea that the park was against her um, and so and they may have been to be honest but um she almost kind of negotiated herself out of deals sometimes but so i 
so for me, I, um, you know, I marketed the home well. I put my, I have two We Buy Mobile Home signs I put up. I put up my for sale signs in the front. Um, I put it on Facebook, you know, I put it on Craigslist. Um, and then, yeah, you know, do what I say I'm going to do. So if people call and want to see it, um, you know, I, I show them the home. And then um, the other thing is, you know, I just, I, you know, holding open houses and things like that. But I would say pretty much just marketing and then um, being there and then also closing quickly, you know. So if I, um, this lady, the lady I sold to, um, and I, this is the part I left, I forgot, but it was this lady that had um, kind of been in a bad situation and had to move to Iowa and live with her kids for a few years. So she was so, she was just, you know, grandma, and she was so excited about getting her own place. And so that was another fun thing for me. And I, I didn't probably negotiate with her as hard as I could have because she was so sweet. Um, and uh, so that may, may have been one place where I had missed an opportunity there. But, um, she, but anyway, so, um, yeah, so I just basically followed through, you know, and then I had it closed quickly. And, uh, and I have, you know, I always have the paperwork with me when someone's ready to close. And so when, once she told me she wanted to buy it, it's like, all right, great. Um, I can meet you, you know, in an hour. I can meet you, you know, whatever. And I, I don't try to push people, but I definitely like, you know, yeah, let's do it. So I don't let them, you know, think it over, think it over a few days. And um, I try to, you know, get there as quick as I can. So I guess that'd be what I would say. That Those were so many golden or good nuggets in there. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, I mean, selling it, you said you sold it for yeah, 11000 yeah, eleven thousand five hundred. Great yeah. job. So I, I bought it for twenty two, and I think I made about eighty three hundred on it, or something around there. Um, and you know, you got I paid lot rent and a few things like that. But um, oh, I had I had like a faucet fixed. I guess that is the one repair. But I used that guy that I mentioned yes. earlier, um, and that's just because the home was already in as is condition. So I didn't want any to say, well, it's as is, but there's this. <laughs> um, and uh, so, or, you know, it's ready to go, oh, but there's this issue. But um, the other thing I would say, too, um, is the difference between probably us as investors and then um, people like her in her situation is just the willingness to be patient and to sit on, you know, it's like I'll pay another month's lot rent until I get the right person in here. And they're kind of usually in a situation where they are not willing to pay another month's lot rent or they can't. And, you know, and I've got it, I know my numbers, I've got it budgeted in. Yeah, I could hold, I, you know, I had talked with you and said, you know, um, I mean, I think this is a great home. I think it could sell quickly, but I'm going to plan that I'm going to pay three months lot rent uh, just in case I do, you know, and that doesn't ca- catch me off guard. And so I had budgeted, you know, hey, I got three months and if I need more, I'll do more. And so, um, so I, that for me, I, that's one of the things I probably learned just from listening to your podcast is the people that would mention how, they were too quick to just take the first offer that came. And so for me, if someone lowballs me, I'm not like, you know, yeah, here you go. Here's the house. You know, sometimes I get excited. I'm like, ah, I could do that. That would still be a good deal. Um, but I'm willing, I'm willing to wait for the right person. Um, and I think that is a big difference too. Oh my gosh. That's such a big difference. I like that is music to my ears when you, when you were saying that, that's, um, we're so you we're we yeah we we want to jump into the you know somebody has money somebody wants it I want to take it I want to go to the next yeah. one and um I just the fact that you were saying that's such a confidence thing that you just said of I'd rather have it empty for another month listen I'll pay another month's lot rent I don't want to but it's better than the yeah. alternatives and you can say that confidently right. and uh, uh, are all your so you have um, two places on payments now everybody's paying okay yeah. 
Yeah, yep. Um, everybody's paying well. And one guy, I mean, he even, I didn't even find out till maybe two months later that he, uh, shortly after buying it, I didn't know this at the time. We had it checked, but he said the uh, furnace went out and he had to have it replaced. And, you know, I was happy to hear that he just took care of it himself because that was one of my concerns that people would call me and think I was their landlord and, um, you know, need to fix everything for him and I thought um, I did a good job with him to you know pat myself on the back here of really laying out that hey um, you know this is you are the owner um, I'm more like a bank and just kind of really laying that out so yeah he's he's been a great tenant he's um, doing all the repairs and the other guy he's um, he had a great history the only thing he had was he had a bankruptcy um, but he's just been so thankful to have this, what he keeps calling an opportunity. And he, he'll send me pictures of the repairs and, um, and he just loves being in the home. So, uh, so far, uh, that has gone well on the payments. So I'm, you know, I think I'm four or five months in on both. So awesome. Drew. That's really a yes. And I, I will agree. And if I was there, I'd pat you on the back as well. Cause how you present <laughs> yourself, you being the face of this company, um, you know, our paperwork can be ironclad, but if you insinuate to the tenant buyer, hey, if there's a problem, call up, we'll try to get it, we'll work with, you know, like if you're, if you give people an inch sometimes, yeah. I mean, we don't want to be rude or mean, but there has to be a clear, right. you know, division of, we don't want to hear from you, you shouldn't hear from us, uh, you know, unless there's a problem, mm -hmm. we shouldn't need to hear from you unless there's a problem or you're late, you can always call me, my phone's always on for you, but you know, just that clear division of, you know, the home is yours. Um, and you know, yeah. you're responsible for the repairs and the payments and, you know, following all the park rules. Um, yeah, Drew, thank you so much, seriously, for being here. Any other, yeah. uh, we've been talking for way more than I thought, but these two yeah, deals sorry, are yeah. awesome. Seriously. <laughs> thank you. And, and it's jogging my memory about yeah. the things that we've talked about. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's that and that and that <laughs> any other, um, yeah. I mean, you've stepped up, you've done, that was you. I mean, all those times and the, the roller coaster that you've been on and that you will continue to be on as long as you put yourself <laughs> out there. Um, any last advice or tips or stories or anything you want to mention, um, right now towards the, towards, uh, towards the end? Uh, yeah, I would just say, um, I mean, I, one, I hope my scary story doesn't scare people away. Um, but I think, you know, just um, what I told my wife was like, you know, I'm just going to try one. Let's just see how the first one goes, you know, and um, and then you try two. And so it's like it's it is scary at first. Um, and uh, but once you just, you know, get out there and do it, um, it gets less scary. And it's everything, you know, even just talking to park managers, scary at first. And then you do it and it gets easier. Um, but I would say anybody, uh, John did not ask me to say this, but, um, my experience with working with you, I think we were, uh, 10 or 11 months now, um, has been awesome. And I would, I've told everybody it's more than worth, you know, the, the money to take your, your modules and, and really just, uh, to have you there. Um, you're always available when, even if you're not, you let us know, Hey, I'm not going to be available. Um, but text me anyway, or whatever, you know, you'll say something, but. Um, but yeah, just to have your support, I know I could not honestly have done this if you, um, had not created the modules and not, and even the podcast and then just the mentorship, um, being able to call you even with the as is agreement issue. And it was scary. It's like, I couldn't imagine going through that alone without a mentor. And so, um, for me, working with you has been awesome. I've learned a ton. I'm still learning, um, learning a ton and you're, 
you uh, definitely a man of your word, always there, like you say you'll be. So um, I know you didn't ask me to give a shout out, but I would definitely tell people that it's more than worth it to work with you. So true. Thank you. That um, just thank you. Yeah, that's you. You've always stepped up. Yeah, the least I can do is be. I mean, I I will continue to be here for you, but um, really glad to know you and just the the people that you've helped. You've helped yourself proven that you can do this to yourself and i mean mobile homes you know they're not the end all be all of real estate you're going to have other uh, deals you're going to do other things and um anyway i just hope to know you for a long time but uh thank you for that seriously yeah thank you john the ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only if you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net if you've enjoyed this podcast episode the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends 